Amen. Well, this morning uh, we're continuing in a series that we uh, began shortly in the new year called The Reveal. Uh, This is our series throughout the season of Epiphany, uh, which we're still in uh, until next week, where we've been looking at, uh, in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus' teaching, his actions, as he reveals who he is and and what his kingdom's all about and and also what what it means to, to follow him. And that's really what Jesus starts to reveal in this section of the Gospel of Matthew, the the section we heard from Matthew chapter 5, which great job, Becky, I know it was a long reading. Um, Believe it or not, it was actually longer originally this week, and Ellen, our administrator, talked me a little bit out of, so you can thank Ellen, you can thank Ellen. Um, It was going to be longer, um, but that was kind of the appointed reading for this week, and, and it's a long one, but but in it, it's, it's a section of what is known as the Sermon on the Mount. So it was, it was Jesus' longest recorded sermon. You can read it, Matthew's, Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. It's kind of the summary of it, so it's even longer than what we read. But, but in it, Jesus talks about everything under the sun, about what it means to, to follow him and what his calling is uh, for his people. And, and really, it covers a whole range of topics and, and what we're going to do is rather than look at a whole bunch of different topics, we're just going to talk about one, which is what we kind of focus the reading on, is one topic in particular of what Jesus reveals to his followers about what it means to deal with anger and our enemies. What does it mean for Jesus' followers to deal with their anger and how they treat their enemies? Now, two, two things kind of on the outset. One, um, anger is something that, in a sense, you don't have any control over. Like, you just all of a sudden feel anger. You feel angry. And, and maybe there's a couple different types of people who get angry. Like, maybe you're the type of person who, when you get angry, it's like an explosion. You get a short fuse, you let loose, and then you move on, and you're over it, um, but the other people around you, it takes them a little bit of time to kind of get through the carnage of your explosion. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're the explosive type where short fuse, boom, and then it's over. Or maybe you're a person that stews, that the anger's in you. You may look cool on the surface, but it's stewing within you, and it's boiling within you, and you just feel that anger and that that rage in you. Or maybe um, you're a denier. Maybe you try and convince yourself and convince others that you don't get angry, which, if you have a pulse, <laughs> you get angry. All of us do. So, as you hear that, like, maybe you, you resonate with one or more of those types of angry people. And so, it comes upon you, you feel it, but what do you do when you feel angry? How do you respond in that moment to your enemy? Or, or maybe don't even think about an enemy. Maybe think about the, the like, hater in your life, the person that criticizes you. Maybe you got a coworker that, that demeans you. Maybe you got a family member who is really passive-aggressive towards you. Like the person that, that kind of criticizes you at every opportunity. Or, and I know we all have these, like how you handle the idiots in your life. Listen, we all got them. How do you handle when they're just being at their finest? How do you deal with that? And when was the last time you really got angry? Like, when was the last time you really got angry, and how did you 
respond? How did you handle it? Maybe it was in the drive-in today. When was the last time you got really angry? Jesus, in these words from Matthew 5, he says a number of things, and I want to read a couple verses to you that kind of highlight what Jesus says about how his followers deal with anger and deal with the enemies and the idiots and anybody in between. Hear these words from Matthew 5, verses 38 to 39. Jesus says, You've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And then jumping to verse 21, Jesus says, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. And then finally, in verse 43, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Now notice, Jesus has this teaching technique where he says, you have heard it said, but I say to you. Uh, Jesus is doing that on purpose because what he's doing is he's kind of going after the common cultural understanding of how they understood of how to deal with anger and how to follow God's law. He was talking to a bunch of religious people, and they knew the commandments from the Old Testament. They had been trying to follow them, and he was addressing, he was confronting kind of the common understanding of his day. And the common understanding of his day, would they, they would see a command from the Old Testament, like an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But what they would see is, is rather than it being a limit, which is what it was meant to do when God gave that command, it was like, hey, you guys are really sinful. I need to limit you from, from hurting each other. What they would do is they would say, well, this is a license. So if somebody hurts me, well, then I have every right to, to hurt them back. So rather than seeing it as the limit, they saw it as a license. And Jesus began to address that understanding that they thought that when they were wronged by somebody in their life, they had a right to, to retaliate, a right to confront, a right to respond back with anger or, or hatred. Here, here's what I'm willing to bet. We haven't really changed all that much in 2,000 years since Jesus spoke these words. That we still have in our collective mindset and our cultural understanding that same impulse, that same desire where if you're wronged, you, you have every right to, to hang on to it, to hold it in your heart, to never let go, and then to wield it against the person that hurt you, to respond back to them in the way that they hurt you. You know, it's kind of like we're, we're playing the game of Monopoly, which I imagine many of you at least are familiar with the game of Monopoly. But there's, one, there's a couple cards in there called get-out-of-jail-free cards. And here's the thing, in Monopoly, if you ever played it, you end up in jail a lot, just the way the game works. And you have this card that if you have it, you're like, ha I get out of jail right away. Just play that card and I get right out of jail. And I think in our understanding, it's like we have a, a retaliation card 
that we get to hold when, when somebody wrongs us. We all of a sudden get this card that says, well, you, you can respond and you can, you can retaliate in, in the same or lesser degree that they did it to you. That you have this card, you have this thing that you can hold and you can attack them back with. And we don't like it when people hurt other people. It is something I think by and large we agree is not a good thing, except when it's against your enemy. When it's against that person that really hurt you. When it's against someone that that we look at and we're like, well, you know what, they had it coming because they did this to me, so I can retaliate and harm them back. And then we as as a society think, well, that makes sense. And that's the, the right thing to do. And you have every right to respond that way. But you see, Jesus comes to us and he says, when someone slaps you, what do you do? You don't slap back. When, when someone wrongs you, um, you don't respond with anger and with hatred. No, if you heard what Jesus said, Jesus basically said, if you have anger in your heart, if you hold on to it and you feed the hatred toward that person, it's like you've murdered them. Jesus lays it all out and says that this hatred, this retaliation is as detestable to God as you actually killing them. And if you let that sink in, what we realize is that nobody in this room is innocent. Every single one of us is guilty. Every single one of us recognizes, man, I, I have that, that, that anger that I've held on to that person, and I, I haven't let go. And I respond to them with passive aggressiveness or, or with actual like anger and hatred and I, I push against them because I think that, that they deserve it because it's owed to me to be able to do that. And Jesus, Jesus says that is not what my followers do. That is not what God wants us to do. He's pulling no punches if we take him seriously. Like, Jesus could have said, like, you can retaliate, but just don't do anything, like, too harsh. (laughs) Like, only hurt them a little bit. Like, they hurt you this much. Maybe you could retaliate with, like, 50%. Like, he doesn't, like, restrain it. No, Jesus actually says, I want you to, to live in a complete reversal of it. They attacked you, but you respond with mercy instead. They hurt you, but you respond with forgiveness and kindness and generosity instead. That is what Jesus says his followers are to do. And, and this is difficult. I, I don't think I need to tell you that. It is incredibly difficult. And, and it was difficult for his first disciples too. Like the 12 guys that he gathered to be on his team that he would pour into and he would teach day in and day out. This was difficult for them. And I imagine it was difficult for them for a variety of reasons. But one in particular was, was he filled his disciples, his crew, of his learners, up with a lot of these guys who, who came from maybe 
not great backgrounds, who, who are like blue-collar fishermen, and, and some of them were known as like these zealots, which is like our modern-day terrorists. So he gathered up these guys who were very passionate about the nation of Israel, who were very passionate about, about God's kingdom coming through them, and then all of a sudden Jesus calls this guy Matthew, who actually wrote this gospel, and he says, I want Matthew to be a part of this team. And you know what Matthew did for a profession? He was a tax collector which meant he was a Jewish man who turned on his family, his country, and began working for the, the occupying Roman government and began extorting his neighbors for, for his profit. And Jesus brings him onto this group of disciples and says, you guys are a family now. And I imagine it was incredibly difficult for those disciples to, to not respond to Matthew with anger and hatred. And so they're hearing these words of Jesus, and Jesus is saying, I don't want you to retaliate, to have anger in your heart toward another person. And then there he is, this guy who, who their society said, you can hate him all you want. He is, a, he is the worst of the worst. And Jesus is telling his disciples, you aren't to do that. You're to welcome him and to, to reconcile with him and to extend grace and mercy to him. And Jesus says the same thing to you and me. He says to you, when you think about that person, that enemy, that idiot, whoever it is for you, he says, I, I don't want you to, to harbor the hatred, to, to feed on the anger I want you to let it go and to treat them with, with mercy and kindness and grace and, and to even be kind and generous and nice to them. To not feed the, the, the way you attack them behind their back or you make snarky remarks to them whenever they're not around. Jesus says, I want you to leave all that behind and rather treat them in this way that, that maybe they don't even deserve. But this is how we treat them. And Jesus kind of ramps it up even more by saying in verse 48, at the very end of this section, he says that, that in all of this, you are to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. All day, every day, you are to live like this, no matter who it is. He didn't put an asterisk by Love these people, be kind, and don't be angry at those people unless they fall into this category. He didn't say that. He says it for everybody. That is incredibly difficult. Why in the world would Jesus, like, command the impossible? Because let's be honest, this is, like, impossible to do. Why would he command it of us? I think, firstly, he does it because it's going to bless people if we, if we try to do it. Like, if you try to live this out, if you're like, you know what, I'm going to try to do this, people will be blessed by that. Like, just think about the last time you, you held on to anger, you held on to retaliation, and you, you responded to somebody with the eye for an eye or tooth for a tooth mentality. Like, let's just be honest. Did it work out for you? Did it fix the problem? Did it make things better? 
Or did it just perpetuate the cycle? Did it just feed the animosity? Did it just further divide and and further lead you away from potentially making things right with this person or fixing things in your life? I I think we all know this. We all know this in our minds and our guts that when we respond with the anger and the hatred and retaliation, it never actually makes things better. Like sure, we may feel like an instant feeling of, of like superiority. You may feel good momentarily, but then that gives way to when you realize it never actually makes anything better for you or for them or for the situation. But God knows that the only thing to make it better is by responding with with mercy and with kindness, with grace. That's the only thing that can even have an ability to make it better. In our broken, sinful world, maybe it doesn't, but that's the only thing that has a shot to make it better because they will be blessed by you responding in the way Jesus calls you to. That's the, that's the first reason. But also Jesus gives us this command, this difficult and heavy demand, is because if you try and do it, if you live this out, it will crush you. It will break you. Like, just try it. Like, try it this week. Like, set a goal and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and live like this with all the people, all the, all the enemies, all the haters, all those people out there. I'm going to try to live like this. And what you'll quickly realize is, one, people will be blessed by it. But also, you'll realize, man, I got a lot of anger in my heart. I got a lot of a lot of impulses that I want to retaliate against someone. I'm way more passive-aggressive than I thought I was because it will expose all of the times that we don't live this out, that we respond not with mercy and kindness, but we respond with retaliation. We respond with anger, and we hold that hatred in our hearts. And we're broken open, and we're exposed, and we realize I am guilty in the eyes of God. And it's in this moment where for me, Jesus becomes really worth following. In this moment, broken open and exposed of knowing how weak, how unable to love I really am because it's in that moment when you know how much of a sinner you are how much you've fallen short that God meets you with this word. I love you. I forgive you. Not the fake you. The real you that, that you've all of a sudden been awakened to. The, lo- the you that, that refuses to love your enemy, that refuses to respond with grace and mercy even though you know you should. It's that you. That you that Jesus loves. The real you is the you that Jesus really loves. And Jesus wants you to hear that. And it's in that moment of being broken open and you hear Jesus say to you that he loves you even though you don't deserve it. Even though you, apart from him, are an enemy of God. Jesus says, I forgive you. I welcome you. I forgive you. The moment for me, I think, that 
that really helps me kind of see this for Jesus and how he treats us is um, on the, at the, the Last Supper, which was when he shared the Passover meal with his disciples, and, and he brought his disciples together. It's the Thursday of Holy Week. Um, he's about to go to the cross to be crucified, and, and they're sitting together for this meal, and, and we say it whenever we take communion. Like, we remember that night, and, and I always begin with the same words. On the night in which he was, what? Betrayed. You guys know it. On the night in which he was betrayed. And here's the thing. Jesus was not caught off guard. He wasn't unaware. He knew, because he's Jesus. He knows everything. He knew that those guys sitting in front of him were all going to turn their back on him. He knew that every one of them would choose their life over his. Every single one of them. And yet, what does he do? Even knowing that, he sits them down and gives them a meal of forgiveness even before they know they need it. He meets them with his mercy and grace knowing that that they will turn their back, that they will be his enemies because Jesus practices what he preaches. Jesus calls us to love our enemies and we struggle and we fail, but you know who never fails? Jesus. Jesus loves his enemies. He showed it in the Last Supper. He showed it on the cross as he's being mocked and murdered. And yet, what does he say from the cross? Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. Jesus told his followers, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And that's what Jesus does. And as you receive that love, it begins slowly but surely to change your heart. When you realize, man, you are undeserving of God's love and forgiveness, you are apart from him on your own, you are an enemy of God, and yet he's met you, he's died for you and risen for you and forgiven you. When that overtakes you, it begins little by little, day by day, to transform your own heart to be like his. I'm not saying it makes it easy. I'm not saying that all of a sudden you're going to be like, great, I'm going to be able to love everybody. We're all a work in progress. But little by little, day by day, he transforms our heart to be like his as we receive his love. The story that, that I think of um, when I think about this is about uh, Corey Tenboom, who some of you may, may be familiar with her story. She uh, was in Nazi concentration camps uh, back in World War II as a young girl and uh, miraculously survived through it. And then, then she began to go around over the course of her life and go around to different churches and share her story uh, about her experience. And she would share about that and, and about her reliance upon God in that. And, and there was one church in particular that she was sharing her story at. And, and she saw in the back of the, the congregation, in the back of the crowd, she saw and recognized one of the guards that had been at one of the concentration camps she was in. And she saw him, and she gave the rest of the talk, and then she goes to stand at the back of the, back of the you know, sanctuary and is greeting people as they, they leave, and, and she just knows that he's going to walk up to her. Like, she sees the line of people, and she sees him, and so she knows he's coming. 
And then eventually he gets up right in front of her and says, Corey, I want to thank you for, for sharing your story and sharing your words. It's so amazing to know that, that God loves us and forgives us for what we've done. And then he extends his hand. And Corey talked about how everything in her was like, I can't do this right now. I can't shake this man's hand. And all she could do was pray, is pray to Jesus and say, Jesus, help me to to shake this man's hand. Help me know that I am loved by you and help me in this small way shake this man's hand. That's all she could do is just pray for that. And so eventually she was able to extend her hand and, and shake his hand. And then she said that the strangest thing happened. She began to feel love as she touched his hand. She began to feel love. See, that's that's what Jesus does in us. He transforms us. Experience his love. So when was the last time you were really angry? Maybe it was in the drive-in today. Maybe you're still sitting next to the person that you're angry with. Don't tell them right now. How did you respond in that moment when you got really angry? Jesus says, um, you've heard it said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But Jesus says to us, love as you have been loved. Forgive as you have been forgiven. Give the mercy that you have first received from him. And when you realize that you do a terrible job at that, welcome to the club. Turn and rely upon the love that never fails, the love that Jesus Christ has for you. Amen.